0: Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester with you. And yes, it's not Sunday night, it is Monday night, but a double episode of Trophy Finals yesterday meant it uh, a little too hard for us to record, so we're doing a little Monday Night Breakdown instead. We will get to the Trophy Final in a bit, but we'll start off with the league play over the last week, going back to midweek, and uh, Leicester Riders 90, sorry Scorchers, 87, and I was obviously at this game. And Leicester go on a 13-2 run in the first quarter, open up a double-figure lead, and and it felt at that moment like there was there was only going to be one one way from there that the game could go. But Leicester never really got any further away. They got ten up, but they couldn't get any any much further than that. You no,
1: know, sorry, kept scoring. You know that's the thing. And and uh, sorry, had maybe 41, 42 points just out of mm. time and they have a lot of offensive players, a lot of talented players. Um, they rode Richards quite a bit in this game and usually able to score one-on-one. And um, I think um, James, Lacey James as well um, was effective. And what it meant was that they were just kind of hanging around like a bit of a nuisance. Mm. So even, even in the beginning of the third quarter when Leicester went on their customary run with their starting unit... Um, they didn't blow them away to the point whereby the, the, the Surrey players I think were still feeling good about themselves offensively, which allowed them to to um get a little bit of um, rhythm at the end of the third quarter. The Rasta bench came in, they struggled to make shots and suddenly a couple of players later you got you know you've got a three point game at the end of the third quarter. Yeah
0: um, sorry had a 12-3 uh finish at the end of that last three minutes of the of the third quarter to make it sixty nine 66 and then going into the fourth quarter then as you say sorry you have a lot of off- offensive weapons it's about who can make plays at either end at that stage
1: yeah it's interesting because you know that, that kind of situation when you're you, you, you are the better team and you're up say 12 or 13 at the end towards the end of the third quarter it's an, always an interesting kind of situation as a coach because I used to try and be I used to be greedy I used to try and ride the starters to, to try, you know, even just, just to see, because if you win those minutes and you end up 17 at the end of the third quarter, you think we can't lose this game. Mm. Um, and, and particularly if your other team has put their bench in, you always try and get a couple of extra minutes to see if you can put the game away then. The alternative is, you know, you keep your starters fresh because you know the opposition have got something going for them mm. uh, and um, hope that your bench can hold the fort. Well, on this occasion, they couldn't, which meant that there was a whole new ball game at, at the end of the third quarter. So you know, if Leicester had won those three minutes by nine, it would have been twenty-two points, and we'd have lost mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I so- wouldn't. I was. I, I, would. I had to keep going.
1: <laughs> you have to be there. Um, but sorry, won them by nine. It's a three-point game, and so that's interesting. Um, but obviously, the benefit is that your your you starters come back a little bit refreshed. Um, but the downside of that is the opposition have got the bit between the teeth. Then, so mm. they, they have the. A little bit of confidence, a little bit of in-game momentum. And as you say, it comes down to kind of who makes, who makes shots and who makes plays.
0: And what Leicester had at that stage was, was uh, Gino Crandall and, and Darren Nelson-Henry, who, who they go to, you know, in, in key yeah. moments in games. And those two continued to score for Leicester through the closing minutes. So they always managed to keep it a shot or two. Surrey so could never get themselves in front.
1: Yeah, the league has never, nobody in the league has actually quite got to grips with how to guard those two. It's a 1-5 screen and a row. It's, you know, the most, in theory, the most straightforward play in the game. Um, but they are so efficient in, and they, they can beat you in so many different ways that it's difficult to get a double team in Nelson Henry when he catches it because he catches it in such a good position. Um, You can't overload on Crandall too much because he finds shooters in shooters on the weak side. If 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 you do, I think the the best I've seen um, was probably the the second last Newcastle game they played. Newcastle went under the screen on Crandall, and that made it it kind of allows you to to pack the paint a little bit more with with the ball defender. Um, and the big guy but then he still has space to make plays so you're not pressurising him then so so there's a downside to that as well um, but until anybody I think can, can figure out or even just dare to zone them you know that's the other way of dealing with it it's a tough team to zone with all the shooters but until anybody can absolutely figure out the, um, the, the Crandall-Nelson-Henry logger um, puzzle then the Leicester are going to win close games.
0: And it looked like that was going to be the situation here. And, and, and they get into that thing where it goes two shots, one shot, two shots, one shots. And you think Leicester are OK. And, and they have the, the ball with, with a uh, three-point lead and really just got to inbound the ball, hold on to it and take the foul. And again, it's, it's the one we keep coming back to week after week. I mean, credit to Hildreth makes a play on the ball and yeah. he knocks it loose and it comes off, it comes off um, uh, uh, Washington's leg and they get the ball back. Yeah, with a chance to tie in ten seconds to play.
1: Yeah, and that is an interesting one because I think I'm more a fan of advancing in that situation when you're up three than when you're up two or when you're up four. And the reason for that is that the worst case that happens is you get to set your defense. You know, if you can't get the ball in, mm. you get to set your defense. Whereas if you can't get if you can't get the ball in under your own basket, in you, and you 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 panic and you throw a pass that you shouldn't throw because easy to get in theory, it's easy to get the ball because you run the baseline. But Reggie Miller and New York Knicks mm. on the baseline, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, a, a dumb pass gets thrown in there and your defense isn't set. And so I, I can you know I, I, I kind of see that. So you know, and, and it proved that way because um, they had 10 seconds, sorry. Mm. And um they gave themselves a shot, but they ran a very static play, I think, to mm. get
0: Kalen a three. Yeah, they were so they, they come down, they inbound the ball easy enough, but it looked like they were running Kalen off two screens in, in the middle at the top of the key yeah. and trying to get him through. And Leicester kind of clogged it and he sort of got stuck. And and then they get into a bit of a broken play and Crandall knocks it loose a couple of times.
1: Well then you have nowhere to go because you know Hicks is not a great Hicks is Hicks is not at his most effective stood still bouncing the basketball mm. you know he's a guy who plays on the move you need to be a bit of movement around him a screen here an attack there and I think with 10 seconds to go putting all your I don't know what the counter was to the play I had him figure I couldn't figure it out the play was clearly to get Kalen up and to get you get your best shooter a shot that's mm. fine problem is the opposition knows your best shooter mm. so where do you go elsewhere you know and and sometimes I just think you know if I'm I want the ball in the hands of my best player. I want him to make that decision. So um, a little bit like um, when Corey Johnson made that three against Worcester, the ball was in Mm. the hands of Crandall and Crandall made the decision. He only needed two, but he made the decision to to, to make the pass. I think I would have preferred Hicks at the top, space the court and see who's going to bite. And if nobody bites, get your layup within four seconds, Mm. foul somebody, and then, then you've still got five, six seconds to go. So it kind of petered out. Mm. That, that, the, the play because it was a lot of, as you say, a lot of standstill dribbling, and you really didn't have anywhere else to go apart from uh, apart from Kaelin and, and Leicester Leicester basically jammed that. It was a good game, though, um, mm. competitive game, um, I it kind of showed, sorry, what they can be. Mm. Um, you know, they, they hung tough throughout. They they have enough scorers, and to be honest, now they have enough creators for themselves and for others. Um, to
0: be a tough out now I think from now on mm-hmm. uh, I th- Teo tossed one up on the buzzer I don't think it was in time but it was it was way off the mark uh, uh, Connor Cashaw, 19 points, 17 rebounds 7 assists and a, a hell of a stat line
1: Yeah, he's and he, that's a big thing because it was only his third game back mm-hmm. and Creon played him 36 minutes you know, and that's you might know, think, well, guards play 36 minutes if they're playing well but Creon's got a lot of guards mm-hmm. so to play him 36 minutes gives you an idea as to how effective he is and the thing with Conor Casho is that he's he is a guy who impacts every every area of the game because he doesn't because he he's able to play at his own speed. He's a good finisher and a sneaky offensive rebounder because he kind of he's six maybe six three six four. He's not over athletic, but he's got a heck of a nose for the basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you know that kind of shot maker is what you need to compete against Leicester. You need, you need guys who can not just get the ball to where it needs to go, but guys who can actually finish plays. Yeah, and I thought
0: you did that very well in the game. You did indeed. Right, Friday night's action was in Worcester. Worcester Wolves ninety-three, Glasgow Rocks seventy-four. Uh, Jordan Williams back for uh, the Wolves. No bout neck though. Mix Wigan into the starting lineup for uh, for for Worcester as well. And uh, well, this game was score for score for. Much of the first half, and then and then Rock stops scoring, and 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 McSwigan hits a couple of threes, and Anderson hits one, and it, it kind of gets away from them.
1: Yeah, that's becoming a bit of a um, theme. um they, it was I mean it was interesting them starting with McSwigan because they started with him at the three, and he's primarily been playing the four for the last few weeks when he's come back from injury because they've had the three guards and they've had Elan and been kind of rotating McSwigan and um Jordan Williams and Johnson Thompson at the um four. Um I also this isn't a side this is a stat for you have has there ever been a BBL team with three double barrel surnames?
0: Somebody asked me that last year so there must have been a team last year that did it. No, I, I can't think it was there was, there, a, there was a lot of them
1: yeah Johnson, Thompson, whatever yeah. Yeah. anyway sorry I'm behind I'm a year behind there. There
0: probably. was a WBBL player last year with double barrel first and surname. Was it last year or the year before? It's not fair.
1: <laughs> anyway, sorry, moving moving on from that aside. Um, uh, and so starting with Swiggin at the three changes. The look, it makes me far more, um, if I can put it this way, um, regular-looking team, far, far more, uh, less, less funky type of lineup. Um, and the thing with Mike Swiggin is he's, he appears to be, in the young lad, he's out of college, he played a year last year in... Um, France I think mm. um, and um, did, did well in college as well and he's clearly a, a, a good shooter clearly a, a athletic um, he's had some injury problems this year so we probably haven't quite seen the best of him um, uh, but Matt clearly believes him from the start then and I do think they give up a little bit defensively at the three when he's at the three because he's, he's a decent sized three but against Glasgow that's something you can you can probably survive on Um, But the big, I mean, the the key for the the Wolves is is Jordan Williams. Jordan Williams is a guy who is at the centre of everything that they do. Um, And it used to be primarily offensively, but this year to a certain degree defensively as well. And, um, you know, the difference in watching the two games and the one that he he didn't play on Sunday, where they didn't really have a focal point to go to or, or a guy to play through, and the game on Wednesday night where they did, um, it was um, was palpable. Glasgow. Um, Johnny Bunyan is struggling. I mean, really, he doesn't look healthy to me. He didn't look healthy on either Friday or Saturday night, from what I could see. And I thought Glasgow got to a point where Gareth would be a little bit disappointed, probably in the middle of the third quarter, whereby they kind of gave up offensively. Mm. And they just chucked up some bad shots, and I think they can live. You know, they, they can only be one thing at the moment, and that is the systematic team that's going to work to get their shots to get the ball where they want. And they chucked up some early threes, and I think it was just a little bit of a, a loss of belief, I think, when it got to, like, 15, 16, 17 points. You could see it in them that they were, they were trying for the six, seven-point shot, and it wasn't. it's not what they yeah. do or what they can do um, in the moment that... Like, they do that, then there's no hope. And then the fourth quarter became something of a procession.
0: Yeah. McSwigan hit had a flurry of threes early in the second half. It got to 20 and they never really got it back. Um, the, I mean, their record on the road is 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 really poor, Glasgow. So I think That's, once yeah. they get double figures behind, they're always going to struggle.
1: Well, there's a couple of games that, you know, they've managed to get teams into slow quests and, and basically stay close that way. Um, but you just saw it you saw it in them kind of the middle of the third quarter when after those shots, you know, it was a twenty point game. And you just saw a couple of early threes in the shot clock, which is not what they've been doing. It wasn't by the shoot it wasn't Keeling, who's was probably the, mm. the one guy on their team who has a, a green light to shoot that shot. It was everybody else. Mm. Um, Delph, you see things which you like and then you see then you see moments where you think, Well, is he is he totally locked in? Is he focused? Mm. You know, at times in the in, in the in the second half of the game, his body language wasn't great. If he didn't get the ball, mm. uh, and you know he he's, he has the ability and the length and the size and the touch to make you know to be a dominant big player, but he's very he looks like a young player who's learning his way. Um, their growth is probably linked to him, I would say. Um, Gareth's playing him a lot, um, but it still comes down to the fact that they're struggling to get any production at the point guard spot. Mm. Gareth's having to play a lot of minutes, and, and um, you know Gareth's an, an, an exception, always been an exceptional BBL player, but I don't think there's ever been a time where he's been as significant an option on the team as he is mm. on this team. As, as yeah. Certainly
0: over the course of the whole game, I yeah. mean, there's the, 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 time. You think he's a late game shooter? He becomes yeah. Become, uh, he's always been very good at that through his career. But... Oh, he's
1: always been a guy you had to yeah. be aware of and he could yeah. beat you, you know, no question yeah. at all. Yeah. But he was never necessarily the first option to beat you. He no. was no. the guy who would step up and make the right play at the right time and, you know, and, and stick the dagger in. And on this team, he's having to do a lot more and as well as coach. Mm. So, so that's kind of tough. Um, so it's difficult to take too many positives out of that game for Glasgow. Um, I just thought, you know, once they got to the middle of the third quarter, they 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 were resigned to it.
0: Yeah, and, and, and two of their uh, leading scorers coming off the bench, Brandon with 15 and Jack Domney with 12 off the bench.
1: Jack Domney is interesting because he can score. Yeah, but, yeah. But he can, clearly he can score. He can offer them things, but he's very, very inconsistent in, in what he produces game in, game out. He's not a great fit playing with Delph either. But um, he has a guy who can give them some offense. Brandon, to be fair, Brandon is playing hard. And, you know, we, I think we've got a handle for what Brandon is, for who he is at the moment. You know, he needs to probably go away over the summer and, 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 and nail his, his jump shot. If he can nail a jump shot, stop people going under screens against him, then he mm-hmm. has the aggression. He has the ability to offensive rebound. He's a good finisher around the rim. And he has a little bit of moxie about him. He has a little mm-hmm. bit of attitude about him, which yeah. is clearly a bad thing. And so, you know, he's that's where his growth is. You can't be, um, you know, a high-level point guard or high-level shooting guard, on any team in the league unless you can knock down that shot. If someone goes
0: underneath with a degree of yeah. regularity, that's his uh, mix. We're up five of eight from the three point line worth noting Anderson, 26, seven and five, a, a good stat line for him. Let's uh, let's go to Saturday. Then Surrey Scorchers 88, Newcastle Eagles 84. And it's the annual Ryan Richards has just left us game. Uh, and uh, they got off to, to to a good start. Newcastle with through through Edwards got an, got an early lead, but then Scorchers, at the start of the, the second quarter started to get in front and, and, and opened up a, a sort of five seven point lead.
1: Yeah, just I mean just on the Ryan Richards point, I think you know you listen to what Gavin Baker was saying at half-time, and I think so. You do feel a little bit let down, mm. um, and it's always a very difficult one. Um, because players have short careers and you know, if they can earn significant amounts of money elsewhere, then no one in the BBL, no 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 coach in the BBL wants to stand in their way. Mm. But it does appear that this time, you know, he agreed to stay for the season. Yeah. That's the message I'm getting. Um, from well, you. I'm sure they said that on the press release. Yeah, they did say well. that. Yeah, yeah. That was the impression you got from the interview. You know, when, when if you if you do that. Um, no doubt Korean would have asked that question when he signed because he might not have signed him if he'd said no I'm not. Mm. You know. So, you know, to to go into the trenches with guys for like twelve weeks and, and to play hard and, and and to get yourself into shape and then to to, to kind of bail four or five weeks before the end of the season when you've said that you weren't going to, mm. you can kinda of see why sorry, um the sorry guys feel a little bit um hard done to by that but they can't say no let's be blunt yeah yeah. because you would have a you'd have a a player who was um then not fully committed to being there and um you you know that would be detrimental to to everything that you're doing into the spirit within the group and absolutely perversely it may actually help them
0: well there is that thing because we've been talking for a few weeks about how many different players they have and and actually sometimes it's hard to to work them all in and and particularly in that position because he is a very different player uh to rickman so yeah. so they they sort of change style on
1: on, on who's on the court it does and when more put it means that there's 25 more minutes for everybody else mm. believe me 25 minutes as a coach when you've got a lot of guys who you want to play um that's a lot of minutes um, and those minutes filter down and they change you into a, into a smaller team but there's no way in the world that um, Rickman and Lacey James can't you know, play the five or 40 minutes between them in the BPL they absolutely can and that just means that you can have um, all sorts of different lineups and smaller lineups and funky lineups and that actually helped them I think in, in this game it also probably helped them that Newcastle had prepared for Richards because mm. um, Maxwell got two fouls very early in the game guarding somebody he probably wasn't expecting to be guarding. Uh, and um, then um, Surrey went smaller, a lot quicker than he would otherwise. Theo was at the fore uh, and Newcastle ended up with Defoe guarding Tail, and he commits a, 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 a not a great foul on the perimeter. So he has two fouls within about three minutes of coming on. So the Newcastle rotation at the, the bigs is kind of all over the place. And from that moment on, it was one of those games whereby... Team, both, both teams, I think, were playing well in relation to creating offence, but defensively, neither of them was particularly good. Um, mm. Newcastle's failings, primarily their discipline in relation to the fouls. You know, They mm. committed some really soft fouls. And um, you know, I, think the, I think it was a 22 to 11 or 22 12 foul count, but the mm. fouls that they committed were touch fouls on the perimeter, or fouls 30 feet from the basket. Um, and ultimately um, the kind of fouls that give the opposition breathing room and and take yourself away from getting into any form of Mm. defensive rhythm Um, Surrey struggled to stop Newcastle's guards to be blunt Um, when Fletcher wanted to to attack he was able to Edwards scored the ball very well The defence wasn't great in the game Um, and, and Sorry, got out to, I think, a lead in the third quarter, and then Newcastle came back at the end of the third quarter to. Yeah, um, they,
0: they, uh, Cashore and McLemore pushed it out to a 10 point lead, uh, and then Eagles hit seven in a row and cut it, cut it back down. And then, you know, you get into that similar to the, to the game on Wednesday night with Surrey. It's a, it's a relatively close game, and it's about who can make plays down the stretch.
1: Yeah, it was interesting that Creon in this game actually went to a a lineup with, which you haven't really seen to finish with, um, Hicks and Cash and um McLemore are the three, and I think um towards the end it was Teo and Lacey James, so that's your you know your relatively small lineup. And you know, Teo was able to use his quickness to foul Gordon out, Gordon, you know, he committed a couple of um cheap fouls, mm-hmm. Teo going to his right again, um, and and there was the still the three
0: minutes left when Gordon fell out as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's, that's, that's not 30 seconds, is it? And um the I, I thought Surrey did a good job down the stretch of attacking where they thought they could they could score because um they had um I think there was a one point Newcastle cast up by one and Macklemore got the ball on the wing and he attacked Sayers because he's a quicker guard than, than Sayers as Sayers was playing the three. He got to the rim, made a layup. Next time down, I think Lacey James got the ball on the horn, set at the top, he had Maxwell on him, he took one dribble, he got to the rim, made a layup. At that point, Newcastle probably weren't quick enough in understanding that there needed to be more help in relation to the matchups. And then, whilst we we come down to the last minute and basically Newcastle probably blew it in the last minute. They probably should have won the game if you you look at the the opportunities that arose. Um, I think it was a one-point game. With forty-five seconds left, and they turn them over.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then uh, they co- they come down, and 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 Hicks hits uh, the most casual three-pointer you could imagine with twenty-four seconds to go. I mean, he yeah, well, look, looked, I mean, looked like he was in a warm-up line. He was so 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 casual with it. The play before, yeah, Ceele's got a steal. Eagles with two, went two and one.
1: Fletcher threw it back to Edwards, and only yeah. Edwards is, like, expecting the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's one of those ones you want Fletcher laid up if he misses. Edwards rebounds it, you know, and it goes yeah. in. Um, so that was a momentum shift. And then they went to the, went to the wing screen and roll and put Maxwell in the screen and roll. And Hicks was probably three or four feet outside the three-point line. He hasn't made a, a three-point shot all night. He's made some layups. He hasn't made a three-point shot. He's one of three for the game. And Fletcher keeps his hands down. And as soon as the hands are down, um, then Hicks, as you say, he just shoots kind of his little set shot from his shoulder. Mm. And he shoots that shot very well. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and this is the importance, you know, we were talking earlier in the season about discipline, about how he, he needed to be in the game towards the end, how he needed not to, to be mentally in the game. Mm. And that's why they need him in the game, because he has the capability of making plays like that. So he made that shot, and Eagles came down, and Fletcher got a good, kind of, long two, which went halfway down mm. and came back out again. And um, I think Maxwell committed the foul on the rebound, and that was...
0: Well, he kind of had the ball as well, Maxwell, because he worked the pick and roll with Fletcher. They ran the pick and roll twice and Fletcher took the shot and it, it kind of just went through his hands and then came out the other side to Teo and then trying to grab it back, he commits the foul and that's that's basically yeah, that the ball kind of
1: game. Yeah, they needed... I mean, you cast, I think, in the game, they had 50 points from their guards. You know, you know, Fletcher had 24, it was at 26. Yeah. And um, there needs to be... You know, in, in an 84-point game, that's too many. It's yeah. not it's, not, it's not as too many, it's, it's too great a proportion. Yeah, yeah. It's too great a proportion to expect those two guys to... Well, as you
0: say, they had 50 and Gordon had 11 and, and there's not much other... six points off the bench for, from Defoe.
1: Yeah, that's it so, so they they, need, they probably missed they actually probably missed Fluger's defence a little bit he's mm. given a bit more rotation with Sears but everybody has, everybody has injuries at this point in the season and Surrey just lost their starting centre so that's kind of a wash um, but Surrey yeah encouraging for them I think it's I, I like the line he went to at the end you know mm. there's time for young players and there's a time for players who know what's going who, who've been around the block and Higgs Casho, Macklemore Ogun and um, James I think it's going to be a pretty tough lineup to guard. You then add, you know, spurts of Hildreth and spurts of Walsh and shooting from Rathopolis. Um and you've got a really um, competitive team. But that five is a is a tough five because it's an inside-outside five. It can play a five out, and they can they can all make a shot, and they can all spread the floor. Mm. So what, let's watch that going forward and see where they get to.
0: We we shall indeed, because and they've still got a good uh, a good shot at it at the with the playoffs. We're looking where the table stands, and they could have really uh, had an even better shot if uh, Bristol had lost against Glasgow at the uh, on the same evening. But unfortunately, for the Scorchers, the Flyers saw it out 91-84 80, after overtime. A dozy out for uh, the Flyers. They did have Markford back and Thomas Edwards. Uh, yeah. Also back into the lineup, and uh, and they got off to a to a good start. Wiltshire hits five; he's running things at the front. They're twenty-two, 22-13 up, and on the back of the of the previous evening, you're thinking, you know, "Oh, this might be might be a long night for for the Rocks."
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the the surprising thing is they appear to have done better in kind of these
0: the second game of a back-to-back. back-to-back
1: yeah, because being Glasgow, that they, they play probably more back-to-backs than than most teams in the league because of the distance and get two away games done in in one go. And I mean, just so people know that the league rule is that you can't be made to play more than um, two back-to-backs in a season, mm. two away game, away-away back-to-backs. And um, in fact, it's actually two in three days. Mm. So if you play two away games in three days on two occasions, you can't be asked to do that again unless you agree. Now, Glasgow do agree, but... Um, because it means that they can, you know, it saves them travelling on a bus from Wor- to Worcester to Glasgow and then going on a bus to Plymouth, etc. cetera. Um, so that does mean they get more used to it. And playing the second game, you know, can be beneficial at times because you get a little bit more rhythm and you get a little bit more focused because you played the night before and the team haven't. Mm. Um, so they have kind of stuck at it. And the one thing they're not sure of is bodies. You know, they've got enough players. So that might be why they, they've come out a little bit better. It may also be that, you know, garrett has been through them after Friday night and said, you know... They yeah, should, it might be. You know, and, and demanded a response to them. Um, but they, um, they, they hung in this game. Um, and, and Bristol, you know, we know enough about Bristol now to know that if you do hang in games against them, um, then you're always going to have a shot because they don't necessarily finish games particularly well either. Of course thinking back um, this was the game that Glasgow gave up on a 37 one run yeah yeah in December in the third quarter um, so they had some probably had some some fairly um, uh, painful memories of that as well which were playing in their minds
0: well they had a 16 2 run in the second quarter the uh, uh, the rocks uh, and that and that got them into the lead 37. 37- Uh, 31 although it was a a one point game at at halftime and then and then uh, again in the third quarter it looks like they're they're going to get away because um, uh, Teddy hits a three uh, Thomas Edwards hits a couple of threes and and it's a 10 point lead and at one point it's a 13 point lead
1: yeah I think I think to be fair Glasgow in this game Keeling was really aggressive in this game you know, really aggressive and, and, and solid. And, and he needs to be their scorer. You know, he needs to be the guy who can create shots in short-shot clock situations where there's not much else going on. Um, and Gareth's got to the point whereby he's playing him. He's, he's playing him a vast amount of minutes because I think he appreciates that. So even if he has, I think in this game, he had two fouls in the first half, he's still playing. Mm. Um he probably unfortunately he will come to the end in a minute, but uh, so that was that was positive for them. That allowed them to, to kind of keep scoring. But yeah, they do have these droughts, and they have these droughts where they give up stuff in transition at the other end. And they are missing, you know, again, Quaid is a big piece for them. Quaid was one of their main guys insofar as the solidity he provided, and he provided three-point shooting at the four spot, which Van Sauers really doesn't. So it's a little bit harder for them um to get that to get those um to get those looks. Um, but Bristol, they have their own problems, mm. you know. They devise they, they, finishing games and far as consistent offence and consistently finishing games. In fact, well, I, and just go on. Yeah, sorry. Oh,
0: I was about to say, Keeling, as you say, drags them back into the game, but then Murray hits back-to-back threes and suddenly the Rocks are in front. You think they're, go- they're going to win this game
1: here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was interested. It's a really interesting move in the fourth quarter because there's a minute and a half to go, and it's getting a bit tight, and the game's going back and forwards, and Andreas took um, Josh Wilshire out, put Ben Mockford in let mm. teddy run basically, teddy room the team. And that was about a minute and a half to go, and um, Gareth made a three from the wing, and then the second time down, it was kind of a semi-transition three on the other side. Mm. Um, 30 seconds to go and they're up two, and um, and you're thinking yeah they've got all the momentum in this and kind of in relation to Bristol we've seen this kind of dance before mm. but we he called the time out and he advanced the ball took 10 seconds off the shot clock but when you saw what happened you understood why mm. um, because the, um, it was to get the ball to lock it on in the corner um, and get him a one on one because um, he's the best individual scorer, and then um, Glasgow really didn't recognise that quickly enough, and um, they allowed the ball to be en- allowed the ball to be entered to lock it. It was the same. If you think back to the Hildreth play against Thames Valley, yeah, he put to get the basketball in that corner and, and then it turns. He faces up with Gareth. He gets to the middle. Gareth plays solid defence, but he gives him I think at least two dribbles, possibly three mm. dribbles before he, he spins. At that point, there's got to be a second guy there. Mm. You, know, you can't give him three dribbles in the paint. He's six five. He's a good finisher, and he he, he flipped in the kind of a little six foot hook shot to mm. tie the game. And then Glasgow have the chance, and Glasgow obviously don't advance it, so they get the last shot. Um, In fact, they didn't get the last shot. They got the last two the shots. Last
0: two. Well, that's the thing. They got it's 20- twenty. Yeah, 23.9, so they can run the whole clock on. Now, the, the interesting thing with Glasgow is obviously they've had their troubles advancing the ball yeah. at times this season, but the, it's not a risk you can take there. You want to try and, you know, win the game. And what is your take on it? Because obviously it's the right guy shooting the ball, Keeling Keeling shooting the ball. The first one I thought was a difficult shot. When they get the offensive rebound, he's got that little one in the short corner from about 14 feet. I, I think he should make that. I
1: thought he was making it. Yeah. Mm. I thought, the interesting thing was actually they did inbound the ball from the baseline and they got a bit discombobulated on it and I think Jack Dohme, one of the guys, threw it at whoever whoever yeah whoever, yeah, the yeah and he almost like a footballer like like um, like Zidane brought it down yeah. with his chest and ball, <laughs> ball in front of him and you're thinking oh god that could have been the, the most horrible turnover but no the second one I thought he'd make it he'd make mm. that's his shot I think he, you know he played he played a lot of minutes in the game but his shot was there. If Gareth had had the opportunity to say, "You've got this shot on the buzzer for your, this guy to win the game," mm. he'd have absolutely took it. And it's one as an as an a, a opposing coach where you just stand there and you and you're waiting for your heart yeah, to, be, mm. yeah, you're just waiting for your heart to drop about six feet into your ribs when it goes in, and you're thinking about everything you're going to have to say to your your team afterwards, <laughs> you know, and just the whole thing is just goes through your mind, and it's just utter helplessness, utter helplessness, and it didn't. And despite that, Rocks actually had a shot in overtime, but they couldn't get a stop. Mm.
0: Yeah. Because um, yeah. they come into overtime and, and Delph hits hits the three. And then, they, they as you say, they then just give up everything, basically. Baker hits some threes. Teddy got another five points and, and it just goes away from
1: the yeah, Baker, I mean, Baker made, I mean, the, the, probably the backbreaker, Baker made one from the corner which hit the back rim and went about 12 feet in the air and came yeah,
0: dropped in.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, and that's always, a you know, you just look at it, it's like the ones that are banked in in the last minute, you look mm. at it and you think, no, oh, this is now our night. Um, but, well, it kind of frustrated me a little bit, that like, you know, Teddy's points frustrated me from Glasgow's perspective, because once it was going right, on, on a screen and roll, and just and just flipping in a little six-foot bank shot, which is what he's good at. And then it was um, either going, I think, going under the screen, or certainly not chasing over the screen. And he just nailed the three from the top of the key, which again is what he's good at. Mm. And you know, you can understand to a certain degree you give that up in the first few minutes of the game, but you shouldn't be giving that up in over thing. Mm. overtime games, um, but defensively, you know, uh, just not as good as it, Just you can't win games on the road if you give up like 18 or 20 points in overtime, which is what they did. Yeah.
0: So, let's uh, move over to the main event on Sunday. The London Lions 88, the Plymouth Raiders 82 in the BBL Trophy Final. Their first silverware of the season for London. Uh, Hamilton back uh, for the Raiders uh, but coming off the bench uh, unsurprisingly having been out for, uh, for four or five games uh, and Lions came out super fast in this game you can see the pressure at the defensive end gave them transition you get Dirk with his trademark sort of fast break slam dunk they get 18 points in the first six minutes uh, and they're up 11 and flying Lions
1: yeah I think this game was kind of a major of everything we predicted Mm. be honest, you know um, PJ in his interview beforehand, you know referred to the dilemma he had with Hamilton mm. um, and he was quite honest he was quite right, he did have a dilemma when it was a very difficult situation for him We, um, I think we'd all postulated that London's advantage of being in the previous final would allow them to be you know, to, to come out uh, strong and be more familiar with the situation and that certainly happened, you know, um if Neighbour hadn't made a couple of threes early, mm. um, then, you know, the, the, a lot of the other Plymouth guys were kind of waiting to see what was happening, he actually, include, even including McGill. Um, Porter Button, I think, in the first two and a half minutes, turned down a couple of open shots, you know, and, and, and kind of ball faked, and I was watching it thinking, mm, you know, that's your shot, you've got to shoot that shot. Don't, mm. don't worry about it in the final. You've got to shoot yourself into these games. And I just thought they were they were tentative. And from that, um, that is all, the issue always then becomes, as a coach with lots of players, how do you rotate your guys? Because you, you, your main guys aren't doing, aren't doing the job. So PGA came in with Ashley Hamilton probably halfway through the first quarter and eBay. But that didn't really work either because Hamilton wasn't in the flow of the game. So that only lasted three minutes. And then um, by the end of the um Second quarter, he was kind of left playing neighbour at the five without either of his centres in the game, mm. which is also a look that they don't really, they're not really comfortable with. No. Um, and basically plays into London's hands because London are playing like that with five sh- and, and, and Plymouth and London and um London are better than Plymouth at it. So, overall, you know, the first half, other than probably Justin getting a broken nose, mm. went exactly how London would have wanted, yeah you know, and um, it was just, they were able to get offence from McGill, that McGill realised probably at the beginning of the second quarter, hang on, it's me, I'm going to yeah. have to step up here, um, he was the first one to realise, and he was the one who kept them close, otherwise it could have yeah. been
0: gone. I thought PJ was struggling to find five guys who could work for them at the offensive end and at the defensive end and there were times so at the start of the second quarter they had that 10-0 run and the and, and and the and the defense was, was doing okay but then they then it dries up a little bit and they, they he couldn't quite find something that would work at both ends it would work at one or the other.
1: Yeah that's right and um, he ended up I think he would probably regret it at the end of the second quarter um looking for offense. Mm. And I think he did. and fact, I'm sure he regrets it because of what he did at the beginning of the third quarter, mm. which demonstrated that he made the decision. This is how we're going to do it. We can't play like this. We can't play this team like this. We can't win like this. Giving up 52 points, etc. Mm-hmm. So he he plugged in Ubiaro and Ebay, who are his two two of his best. Well, Ebay is his best defensive player. He's his, his, his defensive centerpiece, and Ubiaro, who played with a ton of energy, um, and he said, "Right, we're going to defend you." You know, and that made it, and then combined with the fact that Justin came out a bit groggy, I think, because he turned the ball over a couple of times. Mm. And then Miguel got going, and he got going actually early in the second quarter when Dusha had been in the game, so he'd actually moved across to the two spot, which allowed him to in his own mind, he becomes a scorer then.
0: Yeah,
1: so yeah, the, yeah. So, so that allowed him to get off, and that he carried that into kind of his point guard play in the second half. And um, and suddenly it becomes a game, but unfortunately they never got over the hump. It was no. a they needed to get over the hump now. So,
0: so just just for the for the for the listeners, it's fifty-two thirty-eight at halftime. There's no way you can win the game giving up fifty-two points in a half to London. You've got to do something about that, and they did. And you, as you say, they came out in the third quarter with a with a different lineup, uh, significantly different from the from the team that started the game, and 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 the defense was really good. Uh, and then they hit threes with neighbour McGill, Ubiaro and a 15-2 start and they get it all the way back back to one. But then at that point, Dirk then hits a couple of threes, Parker hits one and it goes back out to, to eight and they never got themselves in front. And it's one of those where if you get in front, suddenly the mindset of both teams can change. Absolutely.
1: And it's the thing with London, you know, it's so difficult to spot them points because of their ability to you know to to shoot threes, to shoot threes in transition and to make them at such a high clip, you know, one point game becomes a seven point game. You know, it's almost like it's like the, the physical and um, the, the basketball embodiment of the whole London team just looking over at the Plymouth bench and going, Calm down, calm mm. down, mm. we're here, yeah, you know, where, yeah. where do you get next stage but... and, and
0: actually I thought they did a reasonable job at taking the three pointers away from London because London didn't shoot 33s like they normally do. They shot 18 threes. Now, they shot it at, at, at 60 something percent, but but they at least slowed the number down a little bit. But they, yeah, but, they did. But they, when they gave them up was right when they
1: got back into the game. Yeah, that's right. That extra kind of pressure of the goal. And um, so you, you just. <laughs> It was it, it. was just one of those things. You just have to get over the hump. You just have to change, take that pressure and just put it onto the opposition. And they, they never quite got there. And and then the lineup, the, the 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 fourth quarter was a bit of a chess match mm. um, between the coaches because you know Vince did a good job in this game because he ended up. Um, he pulled. He, you know he was. He, he didn't. He realised Justin wasn't right. So he played the first three minutes of the fourth quarter and then he sat him down. Broke Kev- um, Kevin Ware was a bit antsy, a bit jumpy. Mm-hmm. And, the, um, and, he, and he turned the ball over um, on an ill-advised drive in straight into eBay with about five minutes to go. And mm-hmm. that was the end of him. And then Jules Dangakoda, who's come in the first half, played three minutes, made two shots and an assist for a layup. He's the guy who's finishing the game. Mm. So you know, no, no other BBL team has the luxury of Jules Daniel Coda <laughs> no. who's played six minutes being the guy who can come in and finish the game and, and deal with it the way he did um, in the meantime um, Plymouth again were chasing offence and defence mm. um, the way they had to get back in the game was defence so eBay played the vast majority of the second yeah. half and played effectively until he got a little bit tired mm-hmm. he reached a couple of times Couple of ill-advised attempts to block shots, which weren't there, got himself into foul trouble. So with five minutes to go, he gets his fourth foul. Mm. Are right in the game at this point, because London 70,
0: are... 74, 71 at that point.
1: Yeah, London are struggling to score. Um, he gets his fourth foul. Do you stick with him? Do you not? PJ decided to give him a couple of minutes on the bench mm. to, bring him to do that. Who do you go with? Do you go with Osharobia, mm. and or do you go with Hamilton? Hamilton's your guy, but Ocherobi is the guy you've been playing with, yeah? Mm. And they went with Hamilton, and um, in the four possessions, I watched it back this afternoon, in the four possessions with Hamilton, um, they had been spreading the floor with eBay and having him just, they were just a screener and a driver, basically. A a screener and a roller, occasionally he would post up in front of the room if he could, but... With Hamilton, it became a little bit different. The first possession, they tried to force it in, and he committed to Ward, Ward-Hibbett, fought him for position and caught the ball. Yeah. It was a foul, and, and yeah. he shot foul at the other end. That was somebody taking up a space that hadn't been being taken up prior mm. to that. And the next time, I think it, 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 the ball ended up Ashley's hands on the three-point line. He drove on Ward-Hibbett, he got two foul shots, he knocked them down. The next time, the, the kind of he was at the top of the key, Neighbor was in the baseline, and put a button cut across because there was suddenly space there and no one was rolling down into it. And he cut across and he ended up kind of almost fumbling the basketball. And I think McGill might have shot one off the side of the backboard or something. And their rhythm just changed. Their offensive rhythm just changed, having Hamilton and neighbour in the game as the four and the five. And again, to be fair to PJ, he recognised that because with three minutes to go, he brings EB back in Mm -hmm. for, um, for Hamilton. And it's a horrendous situation because he is, on any proper estimate, Ashley Hampton is your best player. Mm. Maybe Miguel is in different positions, but Ashley Hampton is your best player. But Ashley, he hasn't played. Mm. You know, and, he, and, it's, and, and, and that isn't just doesn't mean that he's not right. It means that the, he may be right. It means the rest of the team might not be right in fitting around him. Mm. And, you know, I remember a game, a final we played, probably 2016 um, trophy final. We lost to Leicester in, in, in Glasgow. And we had two guys, and I can't remember who they were. I think it was Darius. It might have been Favreau. It might have been Charles. I can't remember. Who had been out for about three weeks beforehand. Mm. And the first half was, it was the hardest. It was the hardest first half to coach I think I've ever been involved in. Because you realise you need these guys. But the, it just isn't right. There's no mm-hmm. rhythm about anything that's going. And we were down 20, and we came back, and we got back to tie, just like Plymouth did. We got back really close, and then Drew Sullivan made a couple of plays, and the game was over, mm-hmm. and we lost because we dug too big a hole. And it came from this kind of dilemma that PJ talked about at the beginning of the game. I said, "What do you do with with somebody who is, you know, on the face of it, your best player? If it wasn't, if it was his fourth or fifth best player, it wouldn't be a problem." not him. Yeah. That's the problem. So he has to come in the game. So they lose a little bit of rhythm. Ocho Rubio doesn't come in in the fourth quarter at all. And um, and then it becomes kind of a matchup game. Um, Vince is finishing off with Dangakodo, Ward Hibbert, Parker, um, Liggins, and
0: Justin was on the court at the end. Justin was on the court. Pretty, I think. Yeah.
1: Was he on the court at the end, or was he? It in- was because he missed a couple of free throws. At the end. Yeah, that, that, that was only when them Liggins fell out. It was Dirt, okay. was, Dirt, yeah, it was Dirt, that was primarily his five up until Liggins mm. fell out. So those five, and there isn't that much, you know, creativity in that group. Um, Liggins becomes your de facto point guard. Jules kind of runs plays, but he isn't really a, you know, he's not your creative point guard. He's your, your shooter and your defender, and. Plymouth got down to three. They got mm. back to three at 80-77 or something like that. And there were two big plays, two big moments in the game. One, they got back to three, and they threw the ball ahead, and Marcel drove to the middle, and he turned the ball over.
0: Mm.
1: And um, that was two forty four to go in the game. It was it was a it was a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, not a smart move. It was a semi transition play. Didn't have the numbers. Drove to where he didn't have anywhere to go, turned the ball over. And again, this is all about the coaching. The coaching decisions, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That was the end of Morcel. So PJ decides he's going to go with Ubiaro to mm. finish the game because of the decision that Morsell made. Now, that becomes important about a minute later because a minute later, we have a three-point game, a minute and 30 seconds to go, London with the basketball I think there've been a couple of block shots in turn mm. on neighbour blocked the shot at one end, Ward Hibbett blocked McGill at the other end. So the game's up on the line. And London don't have Ware and they don't have Robinson on the court. So they're they're playing through Liggins. But Liggins isn't matched up with the six foot four long arms of Morcel, because Morcel's has to turn the ball over. Mm. Liggins is matched up with six foot-two Ubiaro. And Liggins looks at Ubiaro, and every other London player splits. So they, they go to a one-four low. Liggins has got the basketball, he takes the air out of the basketball, um, dribbles, attacks, he's fouled. Mm -hmm. Two shots. Next time down, the same thing happened, but we'll get to that in a second. So two Mm -hmm. shots, attack, end of shot clock, they're in the penalty, whatever. Um, Makes the first shot, then the second shot, obviously, eBay goes up and tries to swat it.
0: He did it twice as well. That was the thing. Like he missed it the first time, and yeah, then he did.
1: tipped. I, it watched, I watched this back, and I'm, I've asked the referee this question. I haven't got the answer yet. I want to know the answer because I've never seen it before. Um, they gave two. Um, I actually think it was probably only worth one. And the reason I think it was only worth one is when he did it the first time, he hit the rim, so it's a goaltend. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I, I might be right, I might be wrong, and I don't yeah. know. But because he hits the rim the first time, I think that becomes a go ten that moment, yeah. and that whatever happens afterwards becomes irrelevant. And it become that actually is interesting as well because these things are small margins. Because of course they get the denied Plymouth two points earlier on at the other end. Yeah, when
0: yeah.
1: yeah. That's potentially a three a three point swing. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, some somebody will tell us I'm wrong. That's fine. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, in
0: real time, and I did see him. Touched ring uh, in the on the because obviously we've got the the basket cam, so it's a perfect yeah. view of it. But in real time, my first reaction was he's touched that in that's two points. What's he doing? Because he's yeah. no chance of knocking that away, so just leave it
1: alone. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, I mean, I'm not criticizing the ref at all. Yeah, yeah, it. an example, however, for you know, you know,
0: so yeah, both, for, for let's, for, let's yeah. have the
1: reviews why not the cameras on the sideline. So there's uh, one
0: eleven to go at that point, and because he's tipped that in, it's like a reverse three-point play, and uh, and it, and it's, it becomes eighty-three seventy-seven instead of eighty-two seventy-seven. And yeah. then w- when they go down the other end on a uh, pick-and-roll switch, yeah. they uh, I think it was Dangakodo, uh, it could have been Ward Hibbert, just grabs him from behind. And that, that is a tremendous foul with 55 yeah, exactly. seconds to go. When I
1: was going to say what the things, all the things we talked about for anybody who didn't watch it on Thursday night, I think there was a mention of can eBay mm. being in the game at the end? There was a mention of Liggins, there was a mention of Hamilton, all, that, all those things. Yeah, it was a tremendous foul. He made one, he missed one. Mm. Um, so it becomes a five point game with a minute to go. But what happens? Again, London, space of court. Mm. the port of Liggins. He's faced by Ubiaro and basically he's fouled twice. He waits 20 mm. seconds and he's fouled mm. twice. You know, he's f- Ubiaro fouls him as he's driving mm. and put button Button comes in just to make sure. Um, I, this is the thing with the Marcel-Ubiaro thing. You see, I don't think Liggins plays that way if Marcel Gardner because Marcel is 6'4 with long arms. Ubiaro is 6'2. He's a good defender, but, you know, Liggins is six 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 seven. You know, Liggins is looking over him, and Liggins, and Liggins at no point in any of those two players which were the crux of the game, where, where the game would say at no point was he discomforted. Mm. You know, by in either of those plays, if you go back, and you know, ultimately, he gets. You know, you want your guy to. You're up by five. You want to take some clock and you want to get to the foul line. Then you can set your defense up. Now the the only thing he did
0: uh, he did badly in the game was free throw shooting though. So so he went 1 for 2 on on that. And there's still uh there's still 30 seconds uh more than that to go and it's a and it's a six point game and obviously they they need to go quick. So mm-hmm. they drive in he tries to to get a block on it. He's really disappointed at, at the call but it, it's probably just about a foul and that's him out of the game.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably going to get that call made against you at that time of the game I mean I think sometimes with Liggins, he is so athletic and so long that he able he's able to make plays that very few players in the league are able to do mm. and so the refs are so conditioned to you know assuming that well, that's not a play a play that anybody in our league mm. can make reaching over and and, and, and plunking the ball mm. on the guy who's driving like that that um, they, they make the call against him but you know from my perspective at that point he's done his job he's up you're up mm. six. He got the ball with 28 seconds left. You know he, he's carried his team. he's he, he, he's he's been the, the guy on the ball. He's made the decisions in the big positions. He's made big plays in the fourth quarter when things have been getting a little bit close. And he separated himself from everybody. So if he he fouls out trying to make a play with 29 seconds left, you know which would basically won the game had he blocked yeah. that shot. Then I'll live with that. And you've got to say, well, the rest of your team's got to finish the game. I'll put yeah, yeah, three- yeah. Just about
0: Just it. about it. So Porter Portabunton makes the two free throws. It's 84, 80, 87. There's just under 30 seconds to go. And Lions on the inbound managed to escape. And they're running around and passing the ball away. They take seven seconds off, off the clock. And then Robinson gets fouled. And you think, perfect. We've, we've shaved seven seconds off. We've got our clutch free throw shooter going to the line. This, this game's in the books. Yeah. I
1: mean, two things. One, Vince didn't advance the ball the first time, did he? Mm, no. That was sensible because he was able to run the baseline, get the basketball inbounds, and as you say that, it can actually be harder because if you go for the steal in the full court mm. it, and you don't get it, it's harder yeah. to catch up.
0: Yeah, it is. You're
1: on the, you're on the TV show, and they got a foul. They got a foul, but the guy who's guarding the ball, mm. the guy who's guarding the ball is out of the play, so somebody else has to come to try and foul. But that, that means that somebody else has to leave the ball, mm. leave, leave the man, which means yeah. that the ball. Over there, so you're constantly chasing because you go for the steal, and um, they did that. And I think the next time there was a foul, he advanced it. And um, when they were within the 14 seconds, he got the ball to Justin. But Justin wasn't right. I mean, look, you know, you know, you, you, you saw that the, the picture of him, um, after he got out, after he got hit in the face, well, the, the blood's dripping from his nose, and immediately you know, said that's a broken nose, you know, mm. it's dripping from the top of his nose, and um. You don't when, when someone gets a whack like that, mm. you know you can't necessarily equate normal rules to, to anything about the way that the game is going because you don't know, you know, in the days of you know the world of concussions etc that we are in now we understand that a little bit more. You just don't know precisely, you know, what he is, what he is experiencing. So yeah, he missed both, which was a surprise, which gave Plymouth um, a kind of a quarter of a shot at it, but that was kind of it really, I think.
0: Yes, uh Porter Bunton uh misses in transition. eBay tips it Ubiaro gets it in uh with twelve seconds to go. That was the point at which they advanced the ball after a after a timeout. The thing that I found surprising was Remember? on the pass,
1: there's nobody in front. Was nobody incredible. I couldn't I watched our back and I was trying to figure out what they were doing because um you know you were playing almost prevent defense as if you were you were up by a point, and, and, and you had eBay, who was basically the, the spare guy who was plumped in the middle of the paint. And even if he'd been on the ball and then stepped away from the ball to take the first cutler away, you know, you might have had a chance of getting a five second violation. Mm. But they had, you know, nothing. Uh, it's uh, the he, easiest pass to Parker, isn't it? Or in the... and he did, and I don't know. And, it, and I think Drew said in the commentary that the they didn't switch strongly on it either way. They just—they just seemed totally, um, you know, totally out of sync on all of that. And I don't get—I mean, I didn't get the strategy of not having the guy on in the inbounds pass. We've mm. seen that too often be effective, you know, five-second call, whatever. When you've got a guy who's as big as Ebay is, then um, you're only—if re- you put him on the inbounds pass, then all you're doing then is defending two areas of the court, which mm. is the near corner and the near halfway line. Mm. You know, everything else is taken away by Ebay. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was a surprise. I don't know if that was what they drew up. But then Parker knocked down the so, shot.
0: Yeah, Parker makes both free throws, and, and they take it down. Now, the, the intriguing thing to me was that uh, there's 10 seconds to go, so you have to go quick because you're down two scores still, still four yeah. points down. And McGill is inbounding the ball. And, he obviously, he looked yeah. a little gassed by that point, but he is the one guy in the game who's been able to score for them consistently. And, actually, what they ended up with was a bit of a dribble around – take your time, and then Porter Bunting, who hadn't made a field goal in the whole game, uh, uh, firing up a three.
1: Yeah, you know, this is something that we will keep coming, it's another kind of continuing theme of these discussions in that the amount of teams who have their best scorer, who obviously is also the best, putting the ball in bounds. Um, now, you, look, if it's a tied game and
0: you've got time, I kind of get it, because you inbound and give it back to him, sort of thing. Yeah. But but you need to score immediately because there's ten seconds to go, and you've got to score twice.
1: And then, you know, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, you can you can take the ball out of the hands of him if, if he's got yeah. to get it back, and that's an extra pass you're got to make to get the ball back yeah. to him. As a coach, you can you can game you can kind of scheme to stop him touching the ball again once he gives it up. Um, I think Porter Button was he was probably of the of all the, the guys he played hard, he played aggressive, mm. um, he played you know he, he gave it everything. But if you were saying probably him and Marcel, the game passed them by mm. a little bit, you know, to, to the point whereby, you know, he had those threes at the end, um, you know, and, and Marcel had a couple of looks earlier on in the fourth quarter and they didn't quite ever get into a rhythm whereby you thought these guys are going to carry them. And Porter Button's the kind of streaky guy who can give you 12 points in, in five minutes, and he never did. And I think that ultimately was where the game... It's not where the game was lost, but they they really needed that extra mm. thing from him. They needed. I, I think you said it on the commentary, or Ant said it. One more guy had to come to the party. Mm. One more guy, and um, they couldn't be Harton because he hadn't played enough, um, and it probably had to be either Porter Bunton or Morel.
0: So, so they got thirty-one from McGill. A neighbor was thirteen and eleven. Hamilton only played thirteen minutes, and he's been yeah. out, so it, it's not going to be him. But Porter Buntin was was over eight. nobody else was in 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 double figures and and therein was was the challenge and the other side of the board uh Liggins, easy pick for me for mvp 19 points seven rebounds eight assists five steals the one x against it seven or 15 from the from the free throw line but we'll we'll overlook that for the rest of the thing
1: uh, Dirk yeah, he Williams. Got, he, got 15, he got the fifty he got fifteen.
0: Yeah, got fifteen power shots, yeah. yeah. I
1: mean that means he's that means he's doing something right, you know. Um Dirk Williams four
0: or five from the three-point line for, for for 20 points. Parker had 15. London only made 10 three pointers. We talked a lot about that, but they were 10 for 18.
1: Yeah, I mean, um they shot the ball really well. And when Akodo came in and knocked two threes down at the end of the second quarter, and we knew that you know it's a tough break because yeah. um, if he's knocking them down as well, then he struggle. Plymouth did a good job of actually taking away Liggins' comfortable jump shots, um, but he did an even better job of adjusting to that and um, being aggressive and therefore getting to the foul line, as I say, you know, 15 foul shots. But he, he just, you know, he, it's an interesting one because he's, obviously he's played in a lot of places. Um, but it's probably a long time since he may have been in college, at Kentucky, or high school, that he was actually the man. Mm. You know, that he's been the main guy on the team. And it's really been quite impressive the way that he's he's stepped up to to lead that group. And um, as I say, you know, the giveaway was, you know, two minutes ago, the two key possessions in the basketball game, both times he took it upon himself to make a play. Mm. Um uh, and both times he got fouled and um, and got himself to the line, killed some of the clock, and it just it appeared to be a guy who was in tune with what he had to do. You know that degree of leadership. Um, so no, absolutely, he was the MVP in the game. Yeah, McGill came to the party and and, and you know and, and scored the ball exceptionally well. Uh, um, played very competitively. Did a very good interview at halftime as well. Very good interview where he basically said we didn't play. We, we, we haven't showed up you know when he I thought well, I, was, I, I was really impressed with that because there was no soft-soaping it he could mm-hmm. have you know, come out with the usual platitudes yeah yeah that's the worst half we played and I thought that was really that's something that is good now, I'm beginning to wonder you know when we were saying at the beginning of the year when he came in December that he, you know he wasn't getting to grips with the team and all that stuff I'm just beginning to wonder how much of that was just that he hadn't played mm. he just wasn't maybe wasn't in shape or wasn't in rhythm or whatever because um, what we've seen the last probably four or five weeks is just a totally different guy. Well, 31, can...
0: 31, 32, 31 in the, in the last three games, two yeah, I mean, This 31
1: was probably the most impressive mm. because without it, his team could have been buried. Mm. Um, and they weren't. But no, I thought you, know, you were right. Easy option, Liggins and Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I always go for the easy option. And easy. and every year, every year on social media, uh, I read, "What's the point of the trophy?" or "What's the point of the couple?" or whatever. And 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 you look at the way they celebrated at the end. And here's this super team that's been put together, primarily for Europe, and 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 to to win. They partied and enjoyed that win like a team that 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 it really properly meant something to them.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's it's a a great way of, everybody's very keen at times to to knock what we do because it isn't like this or it isn't like that. It's not like, it's not like Europe, but like some of Europe, but not all of Mm. Europe. It's not like the NBA. Well, no, well, the NBA play 82 games and have conferences and they don't play balanced schedules Mm. and they play seven game playoffs. It's entirely different. You know, we can't, we don't have the ability to play a hundred game seasons. Um, but what I like about what I like about our season is that in comparison with basically any league anywhere in the world, it gives you more competitive, one-off, challenging, difficult games, you know, that must-win games, than basically anywhere else. And I've talked to Fletcher about when he was in Slovakia and he had a 48-game regular season before they played each other five times in the playoffs.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> you know, and and and, you know, and he, he it's only 11 teams. Mm. It became monotonous. Mm. You, know, you, you know, you're doing what you're doing. You know, basically after the first, after about the first 16, 18 games, everyone knows where everyone's going to finish.
0: Mm.
1: You know, and you don't have those, but you put players into one-off games. That's when mm. you see them. But that, that that counts as semifinals as well. Mm. It counts as finals. That's when you see them. That's where legends, that's where character shows through. That's the the, the 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 fun of it, and I think we're too quick to knock that. I would like a bigger playoff system. I think I'd like yeah. this. I want us to get away from 2 to the playoffs. I don't think it's good. I think you know we could have best of three, and, and that would be good. Um, but in relation to the, the the league and the trophy games, you know, no, it's a um, it, it's a, it's a, almost a unique setup, but it's one that I like because it allows. Um, Teams to focus on what in front. Of. It means you have to be if you want to win some things because you're playing the best basketball of that team at that mm. time. Mm. You know the best two teams at the beginning of the season. Were the best were, by the best three teams: Newcastle, London, Leicester. Right. Mm. Um, now, London got to the cup final, and Newcastle or Leicester got the cup final. Newcastle mm. made shots in the last two minutes. Mm. So, two of the best three teams, arguably the best two teams at the beginning of the season, got to the cup final. The best two teams since then have been well, the best three teams have been London, Leicester, and Plymouth. Mm. London happened to draw Leicester in the first round. And that yeah. was just a one-off game. So, you know, what happens, happens. The next two, the next two best teams, they're in the final. Mm. Now, Leicester have been watching all this happening, focusing on the league. So now their opportunity is to demonstrate over the next 10 games. Well, actually, no, we're the best team. We're going to win the league at this mm. point in time. And then all of that gets thrown out. And you have like five... five um. Give it, take it or leave it games in the mm. playoffs mm. where everybody can see where, where, where it all gets settled Yeah, yeah. It, when, when you've had one team won, won the cup one team won the playoffs one team won the trophy one team won the league and then you get to the playoff they're the best playoffs yeah yeah because everybody doesn't said, happen
0: often doesn't happen often that you get three different winners but it
1: could and, and um that's you know and, and you can see that's the definitive kind of at that point you can see that's the definitive decide, deciding factor But I love, I mean, you know, I was, it was when, um, you know, when Finch and and Finch got the coaching job at Minnesota and Nurse got, obviously, Nurse got the coaching job at Toronto a couple of years before. One of the things that they talked about was, um, you know, how much experience they'd have of games. And it it got me thinking as to how many, you know, how many um, meaningful games they coached Mm. in this country. You know, Mm. different level of player, absolutely, but meaningful games from Cup semi-finals to league games, whereby every every league game matters. Mm. You know, having been through you know, ten years with Newcastle, where we finished in the top three every year. And we were basically in the league title race until about March, and every year,
0: every, I, did, I did it back. It was it was something like Newcastle uh, up until I think it was last year. They'd been in the title race until it had been won for like twelve years in a row or something.
1: And that means yeah, you, know, you understand. You know, every single game. We are trying to squeeze as much out of players to win mm. that individual game. Now, that does not happen. And that's the same for trophy semi-finals and the same for mm. trophy quarterfinals and the same for trophy finals and cups and all that. That does not happen in a lot of places in, in, in Europe. And I think sometimes we, we have to be a little bit... It certainly doesn't happen in the NBA. Mm. That's not to say it's better. It's not. It's different. But I think sometimes we have to be careful not to underestimate what we have um, against the, the flaws in what they have in other countries there are things mm. we could do better but there are also things that I think could be taken from us and I'm quite sure the experience that that Finch and has got from coaching and all those must win games mm. um which is you know it, it, it's different it's a different mentality to when you're you're playing a, f- a 50 game regular season and you can drop a game here or you can drop a game there you know it's relentless when you have to win every single game you know and, and that's why that's why the, the winning the league is a still a an extremely um, impressive accomplishment
0: it certainly is and we've got uh, a few more weeks left of uh, the league campaign to find out who will be at the top of it but for now we're going to sign off for this week we'll be back to our regular Sunday night slot next week have a great week and we'll see you then goodbye